The collapse of the communist bloc headed by the Soviet Union in the early 1990s marked the failure of communism after almost a century. However, the CCP unexpectedly survived and still controls China, a nation with one-fifth of the world's population. No one in today's China, including the party members, believes in communism. After 50 years of socialism, the CCP has now adopted private ownership and even has a stock market. It seeks foreign investment to establish new ventures while exploiting workers and peasants as much as it can. This is completely opposite to the ideals of communism. The leopard has died, but its skin is still left. Today's CCP only has its skin left. The CCP inherited this skin and uses it to maintain its rule over China. What is the nature of the skin inherited by the CCP? That is, the very organization of the CCP. Although the Communist Party has never called itself a religion, it matches every single trait of a religion. At the beginning of its establishment, it regarded Marxism as the absolute truth in the world. It piously worshipped Marx as its spiritual god and exhorted people to engage in a lifelong struggle with the goal of building a communist heaven on earth. When talking about religion, people think of churches, temples, and pulpits. The church of the CCP is all levels of the party committee. The pulpit ranges from party meetings to all the media controlled by the CCP. Religions have doctrines. The CCP doctrine is comprised of Marxism-Leninism, as well as Mao Zedong's ideology, Deng Xiaoping's theory, Jiang Zemin's Three Represents, and the party constitution. Religions have initiation rites. Upon joining the CCP, there is also a ceremony in which oaths are given, pledging loyalty to the CCP forever. Religions have priests and abbots. The CCP has party secretaries and staff in charge of party affairs on all levels. Religions worship God. The CCP destroyed the names of all gods, allowing religions to only worship and believe in God under its leadership, and then established itself as an unnamed God. Religions have preaching. In the CCP, there are all sorts of meetings and leaders' speeches. The CCP worship of their leaders outdoes the religious hymns praising God. Religions ask for donations. The CCP collects compulsory membership fees and takes money from the national budget for the party use. In religion, there is disciplinary punishment. The CCP has party discipline ranging from house arrest, investigation, expulsion from the party, to deadly torture. We can see that the CCP is similar to religion, but it is significantly different from the traditional orthodox religions. The Communist Manifesto, which sets forth the guiding principles for the Communist Party, has a very famous passage towards the end. 
the communists don't like to conceal their views and aims. They openly declare that their ends can be attained only by the forcible overthrow of all existing social conditions. Let the ruling classes tremble at a communistic revolution. The proletarians have nothing to lose but their chains. They have a world to win. When this specter of the Communist Party came to this world, it came with a chilling mission. Use violence to openly challenge human society, to smash the old world, to eliminate private ownership, to eliminate the character, independence and freedom of the bourgeoisie, to eliminate exploitation, to eliminate families, and to let the proletarians govern the world. This political party, which openly announced its desire to beat, smash and rob, not only denies that its point of view is evil, but also declared self-righteously in the Communist Manifesto that the Communist Revolution is the most radical break with traditional relations. No wonder that its development involved the most radical break with traditional ideas. Where do traditional thoughts come from? According to the atheist's law of nature, traditional thoughts come naturally from the laws of nature and society. They are the results of systematic movements of the universe. According to those who believe in God, however, human traditions and moral values are given by God. Regardless of their origin, the most fundamental human morality, behavioral norms, and standards of judging good and bad are relatively stable and they have been the basis for regulating human behavior and maintaining social order for thousands of years. If mankind lost the moral norms and standards for judging good and bad, wouldn't man degenerate into a beast? When the Communist Manifesto declares it will bring about the most radical break with traditional relations, it threatens the basis for the normal existence of human society. The Communist Party was bound to become an evil cult that brings destruction to mankind. All Orthodox religions believe in God and benevolence, and religion is to instruct humanity about morality and to save people's souls. The entire Communist Manifesto is permeated with extreme pronouncements, but not a bit of kindness and tolerance. Marx and Engels thought that they had found the law of social development through dialectic materialism. Hence, with their so-called truth in hand, they questioned everything and denied everything. They stubbornly imposed the illusions of communism on the people and did not hold back in advocating the use of violence to destroy existing social structures and cultural foundations. The Communist Manifesto had the effect of injecting into the newborn Communist Party a specter that opposes the laws of heaven, exterminates human nature, and appears arrogant, extremely selfish, and totally unconstrained. Orthodox religions all believe in God. They respect heaven and earth, and believe that man's power is limited. The CCP denies that there is a God and does not believe in the soul or the spirit. Instead, this evil specter, the CCP, proclaims it is the only God and Savior of mankind. The actions of the CCP 
from start to present, have been based upon class struggle, violent revolution, and the dictatorship of the proletariat without any moral constraint, stopping at no evil as long as the party cause requires it. They have resulted in the so-called communist revolution, full of blood and violence. The Red Terror under communism has lasted for about a century, bringing disaster to dozens of countries in the world and costing tens of millions of lives. The communist belief, one that created a hell on earth, is nothing but the vilest cult in the world. Marxism was a product of the initial period of capitalism when productivity was low and science was underdeveloped. It didn't have a correct understanding at all of the relationships between humanity and society or humanity and nature. However, this heretical ideology, lacking in benevolence and tolerance and filled with arrogance, was held up by the Communist Party as its religious doctrine and harmed the human world for over a century. From Lenin's theory of violent revolution to Mao Zedong's theory of continuous revolution under the dictatorship of the proletariat to Jiang Zemin's Three Represents, the Communist Party's history is full of such heretical theory and fallacy. Although these theories have caused endless disasters in practice, and the fact that they are self-contradictory the Communist Party still proclaims that they are universally correct and forces the people to study and accept its doctrines. Eliminating dissidents is the most effective means for the evil cult of communism to spread its doctrine. Because the doctrine and behavior of this evil cult are too ridiculous, the Communist Party has to force people to accept them, relying on violence to eliminate dissidents. After the Chinese Communist Party seized the reins of power in China, it initiated land reform to eliminate the landlord class. It initiated socialist reform in industry and commerce to eliminate the capitalists. It initiated the movement to purge reactionaries, to eliminate folk religions, and to eliminate officials who held office before the communists took power. It initiated the anti-rightist movement to silence intellectuals, and it initiated the Cultural Revolution to eradicate traditional Chinese culture. The CCP was able to unify China under the evil cult of communism and achieve a situation where everyone read Mao's Little Red Book, performed the loyalty dance, and, as the saying goes, asked for the party's instructions in the morning and reported to the party in the evening. In the 1980s, when people's minds had just a little more freedom, the CCP came up with the anti-bourgeois liberalization and proposed the four fundamental principles. Because the Communist Party craved absolute leadership. In 1989, when young students peacefully requested democracy and opposed corruption, they suffered the bloody repression of the Tiananmen Massacre 
because the Communist Party could not tolerate the democratic ideology. From 1999 to this day, the CCP has been brutally persecuting Falun Gong because the party cannot tolerate human nature and kindness. Only when they have destroyed people's conscience with violence can the Communist Party feel secure about its own power. From Marx to Jiang Zemin, the portraits of Communist Party leaders are prominently displayed for the public to worship. The absolute authority of the Communist Party leaders forbids any challenge. Mao Zedong was set up as the Red Sun and Big Liberator. The party spoke outrageously about his writing, saying, one sentence equals 10,000 ordinary sentences. As an ordinary party member, Deng Xiaoping once dominated Chinese politics like an overlord. Jiang Zemin's Three Represents theory is merely a little over 40 characters long, including punctuation, but the CCP fourth plenary session boasted it as providing a creative answer to questions such as what socialism is, how to construct socialism, what kind of party we are building, and how to build the party. Stalin's wanton slaughter of innocent people, the catastrophic cultural revolution launched by Mao Zedong, Deng Xiaoping's order for the Tiananmen Square massacre, and Jiang Zemin's ongoing persecution of Falun Gong are the dreadful results of the Communist Party's heretical dictatorship. On the one hand, the CCP stipulates in its constitution the following. All power in the People's Republic of China belongs to the people. The organs through which the people exercise state power are the National People's Congress and the Local People's Congresses at different levels. No organization or individual may enjoy the privilege of being above the Constitution and the law. On the other hand, the CCP Charter stipulates that the CCP is the core of the leadership for socialism with Chinese characteristics, overriding both the country and the people, causing this specter from Europe to spread all over the Chinese nation. The organization of the Communist Party is an infiltration that penetrates all levels of the government in every village and city street. The CCP controls not only its party members and party affairs, but also controls those who are not members, because the entire regime must adhere to the party's leadership. The decision process within the party operates like a black box, as the intra-party struggles must be kept in absolute secrecy. Party documents are all confidential. Dreading exposure of their criminal acts, the CCP frequently tackles dissidents by charging them with the so-called crime of divulging state secrets. Joining the CCP is like signing an irrevocable contract to sell one's body and soul. With the party's rules being always above the laws of the nation, the party can dismiss any party member at will, while the individual party member cannot quit the CCP without incurring severe punishment. Quitting the party is considered disloyal and will bring about dire consequences. During the Cultural Revolution, when the CCP cult held absolute rule, it was well known that if the party wanted you dead, 
you could not live. If the party wanted you alive, you could not die. If a person committed suicide, he would be labeled as dreading the people's punishment for his crime, and his family members would also be implicated and punished. At their regular meetings, members of the Communist Party must criticize themselves and others. They must report their thoughts to the party and voluntarily accept the party's mind control. Periodically, violence and terror are used to test members' sense of party nature and to test their devotion to the party while assuring they keep in step with the party forever. Mao Zedong said, a revolution is not a dinner party or writing an essay or painting a picture or doing embroidery. It cannot be so refined, so leisurely and gentle, so temperate, kind, courteous, restrained and magnanimous. A revolution is an insurrection, an act of violence by which one class overthrows another. Deng Xiaoping recommended killing 200,000 people in exchange for 20 years stability. Jiang Zemin ordered, when talking about Falun Gong practitioners, destroy them physically, ruin their reputation, and bankrupt them financially. The CCP promotes violence and has killed countless people throughout its political movements. It educates people to treat the enemy as cold as the severe winter. The CCP makes an exhibition of heroic examples to encourage young people to sacrifice for the party. At the end of the 1970s, the CCP launched a war against Vietnam along the Chinese-Vietnam border in the name of self-defense. Tens of thousands of Chinese soldiers sacrificed blood and life for this struggle between the communist parties. Their deaths had in fact nothing to do with territory or sovereignty. Nevertheless, several years later, the CCP memorialized the senseless sacrifice of so many naive and bright young lives. In the song, Heroism Stained with Blood, 154 Chinese martyrs died in 1981, recapturing Mount Fakha in Guangxi province. But the CCP casually returned it to Vietnam after China and Vietnam surveyed the boundary. When the rampant spread of SARS threatened people's lives at the beginning of 2003, the CCP readily hired many young female nurses. They were quickly confined to hospitals to nurse SARS patients. The CCP pushes young people to the most dangerous front lines in order to establish a public facade of the party's glorious propaganda image of fear neither hardship nor death. But at the same time, CCP leader Jiang Zemin took his closest followers and left Beijing to hide in Shanghai. The CCP promotes atheism and claims that religion is spiritual opium that can intoxicate the people. It used its power to crush all religions in China and then it deified itself, giving absolute rule of the country to the CCP cult. At the same time that the CCP sabotaged religion, it also destroyed traditional culture. It claimed that tradition, morality, and ethics 
were feudalistic, superstitious, and reactionary, eradicating them in the name of revolution. During the Cultural Revolution, widespread ugly phenomena violated Chinese traditions. Married couples were made to accuse each other of traitorous acts. Students beat their teachers. Fathers and sons turned against each other. Red guards wantonly killed the innocent, and rebels beat up their victims, smashing and looting along the way. These were the natural consequences of the CCP smothering human nature. A major characteristic of cults is their amassing money. After the CCP seized power by armed force, they generated a system of state ownership in which the state holds many monopolies in the so-called planned economy. In a country of socialist public ownership ruled by the Communist Party, party organizations that hold great power, that is, the party committees and branches at various levels, are imposed over top of the regular management structure. The party organizations overtake and control the state machinery and draw funds directly from the budgets of the governments at different levels. The CCP's wild ambition far surpasses that of the ordinary evil cults who simply accumulate money. When things like the Aum Shinri-kyu cult, killing the public with sarin nerve gas in the Tokyo subway are mentioned, or the solar temples ascending to heaven by suicide, or the mass suicide of Jim Jones and his 900 followers in the People's Temple, everyone trembles with fear and outrage. The CCP is, however, an evil cult that commits crimes a thousand times worse, harming countless lives. This is because the CCP possesses the following unique features that ordinary cults lack. In most countries, people can freely choose their own belief. However, in China, which is governed by the CCP, the evil cult became a state religion. From childhood on, people cannot receive higher education or promotion to higher office without passing political examinations. None of the questions in the political examinations allow independent thinking. Those taking the exams are required to memorize the standard answers provided by the CCP if they want to pass. The unfortunate Chinese people are forced to repeat the CCP's preaching even when they are young, brainwashing themselves over and over again. When a cadre is promoted to a higher office in the government, whether he is a member of the CCP or not, he has to attend the party school. He won't be promoted until he has met the requirements for graduation from the party school. In China, where the Communist Party is the state religion, groups with differing opinions are not allowed to exist. Even the so-called democratic parties, which are merely set up by the CCP as a political screen, and the reformed Three Self Church must formally acknowledge the leadership of the CCP. Loyalty to the CCP is the first priority before entertaining any other beliefs.
This evil cult was able to become a state religion because the CCP had complete social control and deprived individuals of freedom. In a socialist country like China, the Communist Party organizations are ubiquitous, from the central government to the most grassroots levels of society, including the villages and neighborhoods. Through the party committees and branches at all levels, the CCP maintains an absolute control over society. Almost all evil cults control their followers or resist external pressure through violence. Even the total number of deaths caused by all other evil cults around the world cannot even compare to the number of people killed by the CCP. Take a look at the CCP's evil history. Under the direction of its evil theory, the CCP uses the government structure to implement its killing. It has no reservations or scruples about persecuting people. Anyone, including supporters, members, and even leaders of the CCP, can become a target of its persecution. The Communist Party has constantly emphasized iron discipline, absolute loyalty, and organizational principles. Those who join the CCP must swear the following oath. I wish to join the Chinese Communist Party, to support the party's constitution, follow the party's regulations, fulfill the members' obligations, execute the party's decisions, strictly follow the party's disciplines, keep the party's secrets, be loyal to the party, work diligently, dedicate my whole life to communism, stand ready to sacrifice everything for the party and the people, and never betray the party. The CCP calls this spirit of cult-like devotion to the party its sense of party nature. It asks a CCP member to be ready anytime to give up all personal beliefs and principles and to obey absolutely the party's will and the leader's will. If the party wants you to be kind, then you should be kind. If the party wants you to do evil, then you should do evil. Otherwise, you would not meet the standard of being a party member, having not shown a strong sense of the party nature. Using the CCP's logic, the survival and welfare of the party is above all else even higher than the total benefit of all the members of the party combined. Any individual member of the party should be ready to be sacrificed for the party at any moment. To foster and maintain the sense of party nature, the CCP relies on the mechanism of periodic struggles within the party. Through continuously mobilizing brutal struggles inside and outside the party, the CCP has eliminated dissidents and created the Red Terror. At the same time, the CCP continuously purges party members, making its cult-type rules stricter and fostering members' aptitude for the party nature, all to enhance the party's fighting capacity. This 
is a treasured weapon the CCP uses to prolong its survival. This kind of political campaign that occurs every seven or eight years has ensured the survival of the CCP. Every time there was a campaign, a minority of the people, around 5%, would be cruelly persecuted. The tragic end of Liu Xiaoji, the party leader who was later arrested and tortured to death, and Peng Dehuai, a high-ranking official who dared to challenge the Great Leap Forward, and other dissidents who were tortured to death, brought the remaining 95% into obedient adherence to the party line, thereby enhancing the party's cohesive force and destructive capacity. These struggles also eliminated faltering party members who were not willing to give up their conscience and attacked any force that dared to resist. Through this mechanism of struggle, those CCP members who have the greatest desire for struggle and are best at using the methods of hoodlums have gained control. The CCP cult leaders are all fearless people rich in the experience of struggle and full of the party spirit. This kind of party nature required by the CCP has come precisely from the CCP's cult nature. In order to realize its so-called ideal, the CCP is determined to break away from all traditional principles, to apply violence at all costs, to smash the world, and eliminate all dissidents and uses all means to fight without reservation any force that hinders it. Therefore, it needs to train and enslave all its members to become the party's heartless, unjust, and faithless tools. So it must eliminate people's conscience and benevolent thoughts to make people believe in its evil doctrine. Today's CCP has become the largest government of embezzlement and corruption in the world. According to official statistics in China, among the 20 million officials, officers, or cadres in the party or government over the past 20 years, 8 million have been found guilty of corruption and disciplined or punished based on the party or government regulations. If unidentified corrupt officials are also taken into account, the corrupt party and government officials are estimated to be at over two-thirds of the total. Securing material benefits by means of corruption and extortion has become the strongest coherent force for the unity of the CCP today. The corrupt officials know that without the CCP, they would have no opportunity to connive for personal gain. And if the CCP falls, they would not only lose their power and position, but also face investigation. People see it clearly. If we fight corruption, the party will fall. If we do not fight corruption, the nation will perish. The CCP, however, will not risk its own doom to fight corruption. What it will do is to kill a few corrupt individuals as a token sacrifice for the sake of its own image. This prolongs the party's life for a few more years at the expense of a small number of corrupt elements. Today, the only goals of the CCP evil cult are to keep its own power and steer clear of its demise. The CCP is afraid of the Chinese people having freedom of belief and the capacity for independent thought. 
because such people would recognize the nature of the CCP as an evil cult. Therefore, it acts swiftly to imprison people who have faith, like Falun Gong practitioners and the underground Christians, the independent liberals and civil rights activists. It does, however, give the rest of the people a deviated kind of freedom. As long as you do not care about politics, as long as you do not oppose the CCP leadership, you may let your desires go in any way you want, even if it means you do wicked, unethical things. As a result, the CCP is deteriorating dramatically, and social morality in China is experiencing an alarmingly sharp decline. In today's China, ethics and morality have degenerated beyond recognition. Shoddy products, prostitutes, drugs, conspiracies between officials and gangs, organized crime syndicates, gambling, bribery, corruption of every kind is prevalent. The CCP has largely ignored such moral decay, while many high-ranking officials are the bosses in the back room who extort protection fees from people who are afraid. A saying that best describes how the evil cult of the CCP has devastated Chinese society today is the following, blocking the road to heaven and opening the gate to hell. This seemingly simple question has no simple answers. Under the pretense of being for the people and in the guise of a political party, the Communist Party has indeed deceived millions of people. And yet, it is not a political party in the ordinary sense, but a harmful and evil cult possessed by an evil specter. The Communist Party is a living being that manifests in this world through the party organizations. What truly controls the Communist Party is the evil specter that possessed it when it first came into being. And it is that evil specter that determines the evil nature of the Communist Party. The leaders of the Communist Party, while acting as the gurus of the cult, serve only as the mouthpiece of the evil specter and the party. When their will and purpose are in line with the party, and they serve to strengthen the party, they will be chosen as leaders. But, when they can no longer meet the needs of the party, they will be ruthlessly overthrown. A dozen or so ranking party leaders have fallen from grace, which proves the truth of this statement. In fact, the top leaders of the party are walking on a very narrow tightrope, they can either break away from the party line and leave a good name in history, as Mikhail Gorbachev did, or be victimized by the party, like many general secretaries of the party. The people are the targets of the party's enslavement and oppression. Under the party's rule, the people have no rights to reject the party. Instead, they are forced to accept the party leadership and fulfill the obligation to sustain the party. They are also subjected to regular cult-style brainwashing under the threat of coercion from the party. The party members 
are a physical mass that has been used to fill up the body of the party. Many of them are honest and kind and may even be quite accomplished in their public life. These are the people the CCP likes to recruit since their reputation and competence may be used to serve the party. Many others, out of their desire to become an official in order to gain private profits, work hard to join the party. There are also those who chose to join the party because they wanted to accomplish something in their lives and realized that under communist rule they could not do well for themselves in society unless they joined the party. Regardless of the motive for joining, however, once you swear your allegiance in front of the party's flag, willingly or otherwise, that means you have devoted yourself to the party. You will then go through the brainwashing process by participating in weekly political studies. After the bondage of the party nature is imposed on you, once you show your human side, you will be purged or persecuted. You cannot withdraw from the party on your own, even if you want to, for the party, with its entrance yes and exit no policy, would regard you as a traitor. That is why people often reveal a dual nature. In their political life, they show the nature of the Communist Party, and in their home life, they show their human nature. The party cadres hold the power among the party members. Though they may have some choices between good and bad, and the ability to make their own decisions on a few occasions, when required, and for all major events, they, as a whole, have to follow the will of the party. The party mandate dictates the whole party obeys the central committee. The party cadres are its leaders at different levels. They are the party's backbone. But they, too, are merely tools of the party. They, too, have been deceived, used, and victimized during the past political movements. The CCP's underlying criterion is to test whether you are following the right guru and are sincere in your devotion. The CCP has acted viciously and wickedly throughout its more than 50-year rule over China. But why do the Chinese people lack a realistic understanding of the CCP's evil nature? Is it because the Chinese people are dumb? No. The Chinese are among the wisest nations in the world. The key lies in the deception, cruelty, and the mind control practiced by the CCP. Not many Chinese would even dare to think of calling the CCP an evil cult. All that people have heard have been the praises of the party, and their minds have been impoverished of any thought other than the ideas that reinforce the CCP. They can only hope that the CCP can reform or that it might soon have a just leader, but they cannot recognize at all the evil nature of the CCP cult. The CCP keeps on confusing the Chinese people's notions. The CCP equates itself with China and instills the concept that loving the CCP is patriotic and that being patriotic means loving the CCP in order to cover up its own sins. The CCP has been moving towards its complete doom. What is most troublesome is that this evil cult is stubbornly doing what it can 
to take the Chinese nation with it into an abyss of corruption and degeneration. There is an old Chinese idiom that means, there will always be trouble until he who stirs it up is removed. The dying CCP's control over people's minds is now loosening. With the advance of telecommunications and the Internet, people are learning more and more facts. As the corrupt officials increasingly plunder and oppress the people, the public are beginning to wake up from their illusions about the CCP, and many of them have started to exercise civil disobedience. In its persecution of Falun Gong, the CCP has spent one-fourth of China's national resources, yet the party has failed to achieve its goal of increased ideological control and also further weakened itself, while at the same time revealing its absolute ruthlessness. This opportune moment has made people reconsider the CCP and as a result is paving the way for the Chinese nation to free itself from the ideological bondage and completely break away from the control of the communist evil specter. Having lived under the evil rule of the CCP for over 50 years, the Chinese people do not need a violent revolution. Rather, they need redemption of their souls. This can be achieved through self-help, and the first step towards that goal is to become more aware of the evil and harmful nature of the CCP, to reject the communist falsehoods in their minds, clear away the party culture, and remove the CCP control of their minds, so that the evil specter can be eradicated and cleared out. Thus, it will have no place to hide. With the Chinese people's minds set right and human nature returned to its original state, the public would regain its morality and succeed in a transition to a decent non-communist society. Nations ruled by communists are associated with poverty, totalitarianism, and persecution. There are very few such nations left. Their days are numbered. With the wisdom of the Chinese people, inspired by the historical glory of the Chinese nation, the day will come when people cast aside the party organizations that are attached to the state apparatus allowing the social systems to function independently, backed up by the core forces of the society. A China that has been freed from the evil possession of communism will be a promising nation. The Chinese need to help themselves. They need to reflect, and they need to shake off the CCP.